This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley, underbelly, secret society, speakeasy, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners. Look, we're back. The winter meetings are over. Did we have an episode during the winter meetings? No. You know why? Because we were taking it in. We know everybody was screaming and yelling at each other, and we just wanted to wait until everybody was, hey, uh, you want to talk about it? That's what we're here doing today here on the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about the fans versus the front office. Yes, we know that the winter meetings were last week. And yes, there wasn't much or anything to talk about except for maybe like losing or not bringing back Mitch Hanniger. We talk a little bit about that. We just listen. Yeah, we know how we felt last week. We know what the fans were saying last week but now we've had a little bit of space a little bit of chill time maybe you know now thinking about it a week later we're feeling a little bit different maybe we're feeling a little bit optimistic we talk about the ones that got away the ones that hurt but also the ones that we dodged we also talk a little bit more about Mitch Hanniger because you know by the time we recorded last time Mitch was still possibly coming back to the Mariners now he's gone so we just kind of you know breeze over that we talk some brian reynolds talk that is heating up and of course the undercover free agents the free agents that are left out there because guess what there's a lot of good free agents a lot of impactful players left we're talking about it and also we're acknowledging hey we still have marco gonzalez and we still have flex and you know if they stay what would that look like and a little bit of hypothetical but maybe not hypothetical talk about some alternative DH pitches, meaning, you know, I know Jerry and Scott want to rotate through the outfield, but what if it was, you know, rotated through first base, catcher, third base, utility, we break that down. And of course, um, we do acknowledge and want to talk about the loss of, you know, one of the early on Mariner legends, Mr. Gaylord Perry, right here on the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast that you are listening to on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast on Apple, Spotify. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and rate. Hey, I love five tool baseball players, but you know what I like more? Five-star reviews. So give us that five-star reviews. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up so you can listen to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. 
that's going to start right now. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Did it again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the kingdom. All right, Hannah, we're back. We're back. We're back in business. We had a week off uh, during the winter meetings. I actually got in the car in California and drove up here for the winter meetings. And turns out it was only two hours away from me down in L.A. But either way, I'm up here in Seattle um, freezing my uh, batting balls off right now. So uh, what's going on? Nothing happened. Nothing happened for the Mariners. Well, yeah, we're going to get into that. Look, we're catching up. Uh, Obviously, we've been listening and checking in on all the other pundits and stuff. And now it's our turn. Like, you know, we do here at the Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast. We are the filter for, you know, our listeners. Uh, You know, we are the um, cliff notes. Uh, If you haven't been checking in, um on the mariners last week was the winter meetings where we were supposed to be going down there and making all these moves and we were going to sign every big free agent we were going to trade all the guys we hated off the mariners in exchange for the best players in the major leagues but guess what that's not really how it works does it hannah no uh even before the winter meeting started uh there was kind of a jerry depoto interview that was kind of you know a pizza if you want to talk like boston folks you know i mean me coming into uh, this um, off season, you know, I had liked what Jerry has done, still do. You know, he said, going back to 2018, we're going to tear this down. We're going to build it back up. And when it's time, we're ready to spend and we're going for it. Right. Paraphrase. Yeah. So, um, and then a week before the winter meeting comes on, he goes on the flagship and, you know, I'm expecting softballs from them, which they usually give them. And they didn't even have to give him a softball. He just came out and said, hey, uh, you know, we're uh, we're going to go into the winter meetings, see what it's all about. We're going to bring down 30 people. We're going to have our meetings. But, you know, we're looking at 2026, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But 2026? Effect, yeah. <laughs> I know. I it, I feel like the the plan is right. The message was wrong, and it was a it was it was bad timing there on seven ten the flagship. I agree. the 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 way he uh, ex- went in and explained to it and said that it was, in my opinion, it was something he really didn't even need to say. No, I I get it. I, I look. It's it's fair to say we have a lot of mixed emotions about it. I I've listened over the last week, which you're referring to going back to last week before the meetings, actually two weeks ago, where Jerry was like, hey, we're, we're, we're looking ahead. We want to be sustainable. You know, they want to be like a Houston. They want to be like an Atlanta, uh, build, trade, uh, develop, draft, develop, whatever. There's a, every, uh, you know, word there except for sign big free agents, marquee free agents, um, and that's just not what the Mariners are going to do. Yes, we are the 13th biggest mark, 13th or 14th biggest market in uh, the United States. 
and it is kind of strange that our baseball team does not spend like that. I get that argument because that's been a big argument out there. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the number of 300 and I think 31 or 313, something around 300 some million in revenue. The Mariners got last year, that number has been thrown out, you know, the, Oh, you just built the hatback bar and grill for 50 million and, and now building the behind the plate suites. I mean, you can spend money on that, but God forbid you don't spend on the team. Yeah. I mean, we've all heard of it and some of us are, are, are seeing and feeling that same way. Yeah. I mean, you are right with the attendance last year was more than the payroll, you know, uh, you know, when we keep hearing, you know, we're going to, we keep hearing about, we're going to finish this job. We're going to, we're going to, we're still building this house. We're still painting it. We're still putting in the plumb. We're still, and we want the finished product. I get it as a fan base. That's, that's what the fans want right now. The, the realistic other side of this is that, Hey, you know, last year or going back to even 2021, we're just getting in the window. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even on to your point, when back in 2018, Jerry said we would be, you know, in this window before this year, before last year. Yeah, we had the COVID year, but he's moved the goalposts a little bit. And like you said, he should have never brought up 2026 because that then moves it even farther down the road. And that's what a lot of fans have the problem with. Every time it's always moving, you know, he's the used car salesman, he's slick Rick, you know, he's always changing things. So, that's where the frustration comes from a lot of Mariner fans, I think. Yeah, and I, I get that. I think he's built it right. I think it's, you know, last year, I mentioned a million times, I said, we just need to be in contention of the deadline. We need to make a move. We did. That previous offseason, we went out and got Robbie Ray, the former Cy Young winner. You know, we got all these guys. Then we traded for Castillo. We signed Julio. Um we re-upped Castillo. You know, we've done a lot of things that are smart, a lot of really smart baseball decisions as far as the number of years and the size of contracts for these players. I mean, it's, you got to hand it to them. It's flat-out steals, in my opinion, of the contract for Castillo and probably going to end up and be a steal for Julio if he continues to improve the way we all expect him to be become. Obviously, last week, Every Mariner fan, including you, including me, including everybody, we we were just thought it was going to be four days of big updates, you know, coming away with uh, being the being the winner of this. Just kind of like you know, Seattle sports fans are used to the like the Seahawks going into the draft and coming out looking good, and this is kind of similar to a draft, even though it isn't a draft, because you're getting some instant gratification, you're getting instant results which you can get more so in, in the NFL than, than an MLB draft, but that that wasn't the case, and every day we were kind of waiting and waiting on things, and nothing happened. But at the same time, prior to this, it feels like the Mariners had their winter meetings. I mean, you got to think about it this way. People wanted Winker gone. A lot of people wanted Winker gone. There's reports that he was gone. He's gone. We got Colton Wong. Winker's gone. People were tired of, uh, you know, waiting on Kyle Lewis and the uncertainty of what was going to happen. He took care of that. You don't have to worry about that any 
any longer. Mitch Hanniger, a lot of people were on the fence with Mitch. Are we going to get him? We'll get into that more. Mitch Hanniger, we let him go sign somewhere else. We didn't. We didn't give him the qualifying offer. And yes, what if we signed uh, Castillo right now to a extension versus at the end of the season? What if we announced that we were signing Julio right now? I think the optics would be different. We got Teoscar Hernandez. If all if we traded for Teoscar Hernandez during this uh, winter meetings, I feel like the Mariners family and the and and even us would be singing a you know a different tune possibly. No, I get that, and I understand that, and but it didn't happen that way. And with those two pickups, you know, yeah, they're they're nice pickups. Do they move the needle a bunch? I don't think so. But are they going to help us? Yeah. So that's a good thing. I just want to get back real quick to what I was saying earlier. You know, with the M's getting those great below market value deals. It's just, I wish they could use that because, I mean, looking at what players are getting this uh, hot stove during the uh, winter meetings, I mean, it's just unbelievably how good of contracts those look. You know, those are below market value contracts that Jerry got those guys to sign for. I just wish they could leverage those, which they have saved, to improve this team. But that being said, we still got a long ways to go, and I still think there, there's moves to be made. So as far as I'm concerned, the offseason is still incomplete as of right now. It's incomplete. You're right. It is incomplete, but it is not over. And that's what us Mariners fans have to realize. Yes, were we disappointed over this weekend? It was a tough weekend for Seattle sports um, all around. Um, this isn't a Seahawks podcast, but yeah, that was a tough loss. You add that to us not signing people uh, coming off of the week where the Huskies were we, fan base find out they are not going to the Rose Bowl, even though they have a better record. It's just a tough week. It was a tough week. And, you know, the, yes, did the Mariners go out and seize the moment? Did we get on top of, did we end up having the big headlines, the big splash. No, but the thing is, it's kind of like a fight just happened, right, between the fan base and the Mariners organization. The fans want it now. You know, yes, they're very happy about feeling the taste of the playoffs, but it was great, but it still doesn't make up for all, all the other years, and I feel like we're getting mad at this team and this organization for – the last 20 years, all of a sudden now, I do, you know, feel like after there's a fight, after you say things that maybe you don't really mean, but you're feeling, and you soak it all in, and you calm the fuck down, and you realize, hey, what do we got to do to work on this? Well, what we got is time. We have a lot of time. It is right now at the recording time. This is what going out December 13th. I mean, it's still a couple of months before pitchers and catchers even get down to spring training and we all know last year one of the biggest impactful moves that we made was the Jesse Winker and Suarez deal and that happened at spring training yeah you're right I I see all your points um and I still believe going where we are now we still have one of the best teams in the American League. That's why it's just so frustrating that we haven't made those moves yet. But like I said a moment ago, there's still time. 
it's just there's so much passion for the Mariners here that maybe hasn't been talked about in a while because, like you said, the 20 years of frustration, maybe the distrust between the fans and the ownership, it's, it's, we want to win. I mean, we got a taste of it and we, we want to win now. We want to go for it as fans. But that being said, I love our pitching. I love where we're at. I feel like, you know, since you mentioned some of those trades that are the uh, acquisitions that came up during these winter meetings, no, there's a lot of those that I wouldn't want for that long of time and that money and probably smart on them on a few of them. Sure. Some of them I'm heartbroken and I would have paid that much because I think it would have made us a lot better club, but that's okay. We're still a good team. The world series where a pitch is not just a pitch. It's a world series pitch where a hit is not just a hit. It's a world series hit. A win is not just a win. It's a World Series win. Now, you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball fever. Catch it. The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. Yes. Okay, so that was a good segue. I think we, we all know you're either on one side or maybe you're on both sides kind of like me where I understand that we, you know, I understand Jerry when he says, Hey, we committed a lot of money, half a billion dollars to some of these players, you know, to sustain the future talking about 2026 and 2022. Nobody wants to hear that. I get that. With that being said, we all can agree that the winter meetings, whether you were, you know, hopefully being a hopeless romantic that we were going to meet somebody, we were going to meet the new uh, face of the franchise down there. And we didn't, or you, you do like them playing safe because the market right now is out of control. Let's put that all aside and let's just say, let's just list a couple of guys right off the top of our heads that you thought, man, we really missed out on that. We That's the one that got away. Who, who would be your one that's got away? Well, I know that he wasn't going to end up being here. I knew that he wanted to go to the East Coast. I knew he lives in Florida, wanted to go to spring training in Florida. Yeah, he pretty much was all said that he'd go to Philadelphia. But if there was some way we could do anything, I really wanted Trey Turner. And because he was, in my opinion, and still is the best shortstop out of those four. Um, yeah, I, and I, yes, and, and I just want to say, like, with the shift going away, maybe some hit and run, maybe some uh, stealing. God, that guy just slides into second base like nobody else. Feet first, Julio. Feet first. Trey Turner uh, steals bases and goes into second base. Feet first. I mean, yes, he is a complete player. If you look at, like, the power numbers, not the money for the, the, the power is not really there, but this guy, yeah, good glove, can play all over the infield. Um yeah, I mean, but yeah, he he, he got what an eleven year deal or a ten year deal? Eleven years for three hundred million, and it might just be for the fact that I'm just kind of down on JP. That might be my thing, you know. Really wanted me him to be moved over to second. Yes, you know, we did get Wong. That should help, but I just still feel like up the middle, we're just not up to par where we could be, and JP has regressed a little bit. I do defensively I do and especially offensively. I do have been, I, I mean, I have been kind of like warming up to what you were saying of like, why do we give this guy the crown? Why are we 
you know, limiting ourselves to just JP when there's, you know, better, more qualified people out there for that job. I get it. Um, and I, and I hear you, I'm starting to hear you more on that. And, you know, with getting Wong, you're kind of going like, yeah, that JP is our shortstop, which they said, um, anybody else? No. And I, and you know, look on to play the other side. I mean, JP's contract of 10 million a year for the next few years, um, is a steal compared to today, today's standards. Oh, yeah. So I get that as well. He's a free agent, you know, and he has the season that he had the year before. He's he's getting twenty million. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I get that. And um, as far as some of the other players, there isn't really anyone that got signed that I was expecting to get and that jumped out at me. The Nemo deal was a lot of money for a guy that just had one good year, basically coming out last year and then signed for eight years. I mean that'd be pretty hard to swallow as a Mariner fan, especially knowing how tight they are. Yeah. Uh, the Nemo one, uh, Nemo, Nemo. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed like a lot for, for that, that guy. I, I me personally, I'm not that sold on him, uh, you know, for the longevity of the guy. I, I'm, I'm just really not. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you there. I mean, but I'm just so back and forth. I mean, like I say one thing a sec, but I know also that the Mariners could afford it and take that risk. So it's just, I'm just so back and forth and frustrated with things that I'm just, it's just hard for me on a lot of things, but there's some good players out there still. I mean, I wouldn't even mind us going to sign a big pitcher that's still out there, you know, maybe a run don't. I mean, that would be cost a lot of money, but that's another way to, as Jerry says, augment the lineup and the team by signing him and not having to worry about so much offensive ball, but shutting down the offense with another great pitcher. Okay, so my I I for me though, uh, I mean I get the Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts. I wasn't so like uh, so into Bogarts, but the one person you know that I was into, Hanno, uh, and other listeners. And it's not as, you know, as marquee as them was Josh Bell. I really, really, really wanted Josh Bell. I know we have Ty France at first base, but he hasn't put together a full season yet. And we had a nice little combination last year when we had Carlos Santana and him. And we could keep him, you know, a little bit fresh, give him a DH slot, He, you know, and he can uh, – uh, France can play a little bit of third base, you know, spot third base spots. And, uh, you know, Bell's a switch hitter and a guy who's put together some really good seasons. And he was out there and the $16 million a year, a two-year deal for, what, 32 Seemed like a pretty fair market price for a guy like that and who also had some postseason success. Yeah, hey, I'm sorry to jump to pitchers already. I totally almost forgot about him. He was one of the first guys signed during the winter meetings. And you're right. I mean, it's a lot of money for a guy for two years. But, I mean, that's market value, like he said. And he would have fit real nice here. And I agree with you. He could have been a great guy to um, platoon with uh, Ty France and be a DH possibility since the M's like to rotate their DHs in and out. And that was a great deal. For him and for probably club friendly Cleveland, who doesn't spend a lot of money as no, it is, I all. agree. 
Not at all. They don't spend any money. And for me, it seemed like the success we had last year where we really, really took off, honestly, was when we just had a DH that could hit, whether it was France or whether it was uh, Santana. It seemed to have an impact going on. And uh, that was the one that I thought, realistically, he was in the, you know, the Mariners' budget. So... I understand with the with you know having France at first base and yes he was an all-star and yes he put together you know th- one of the best first halves we've seen in a long time offensively for a Mariner but Bell was just a guy that you know you know hits from both sides of the plate some flexibility there that the Mariners like um you know as far as you know pitchers that got away I it doesn't really like it doesn't really hurt me. I'm not heartbroken about any of the pitchers that went away. I'm actually happy the Mets signed Verlander. I did hear on uh, MLB, um, Scott Service did an interview, and he said good riddance to uh, <laughs> Verlander that we don't have to see him seven times again. Oh, absolutely. And looking at what the Mets have done as their pitchers, like you said, all of their pitchers are up in their late 30s to 40. and um, yeah, and getting back to like you said about Bell, I mean, Ty France has really never put a full season health-wise together. I mean, it just made all the sense in the world to get him. I, I, I'm just, that one does hurt. Yeah, but, you know, okay, we let some get away. Is there a few on there that are like, whoo, thank God, uh, thank God I dodged a bullet on that one. Is there anybody that you're like, oh, man, I'm glad we did not get him? Uh Good luck, but <laughs> on on any of the signings. Is there anybody out there? I mean, none that I can think of, truly. Um, yeah, any of those guys honestly would have helped our club in some way, but um, n- but not worth, but not to the extent of worth wanting to sign them. That's for sure. For me, I guess if I had to pick one, that I guess go. Uh, yeah, good, good luck with, uh, good luck with that. Honestly, would be this guy, Aaron judge in New York, you know, that would, that would, that would, yeah. be the, <laughs> that would be the one. No, there, there really wasn't any bad moves. That's, I think a lot of the frustration that we were seeing, we were just seeing everybody else get theirs and we weren't getting ours. But then again, you know, the, this, these were just four days, four days in December, you know, there's still a lot of time, a lot of room. I'm sure there were some connections made down there. And, you know, Carlos Correa is still available. Do I think the Mariners are going to get him? No. Uh, but if we could get him and you, you were like, well, what are we going to do with Crawford and, uh, uh, you know, Colton Wong? I'd be like, who cares? You know, but I, I don't think <laughs> we're going to get him. Oh, I'm in the same boat as you. I mean. I would love to be like some sleeper team that comes in and scoops Correa. Do I think I'm with you? I don't think it's going to happen. But like you said, if it does happen, then we trade one of those two guys. You know, I'm just hoping that he doesn't end up in Anaheim or or someplace like that. That would really bother me. Yeah, I would like him out of the AL West. We've already we've already done this with him. But yeah, one of those teams that likes to spend money is probably the biggest threat. Yes, definitely. That's the thing that really concerns me about this whole um, off season is, you know, 
Anaheim's picking up some players. So is Texas. They're getting to Grom. I, do I think he's going to be healthy at all times? No. Uh, do they still have money and look like they're going to spend money on pitching? Yeah, probably. So it's just closing the gap. You know, the Mariners, like I said, are still one of the top teams in, in the American League. But let's try to distance ourselves from the other teams and not have this gap get closer. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, I mean, we did mention this a little bit earlier, but let's just talk a little bit more about this. What are your feelings on Mitch Hanniger not being a Mariner anymore and being a San Francisco Giant? Um, I'm happy for him. I'm happy he got paid. There will be times during the season where we're going to, someone's going to be up to bat and I'm going to wish Mitch Hanniger was still on our team. Um, yeah, he had a lot of injuries, but when he played, I was one of our most dynamic hitters. Maybe that says something about our team, but I had confidence in him when he was up at the plate and I truly probably will miss him at times this year, but I'm super happy that he got paid and I wish him nothing but luck and I'm glad that he is in the NL right now. Yeah, I'm glad he's not a, a, an, on an American League team. I'm I'm really glad he's not like on the Astros or the Angels or, you know, Texas. Definitely. Definitely. You know, it's tough with Mitch. Uh, you know, there's just those glimpses. I wouldn't call them glimpses, actually. I would say those years, you know, those, you know, three good years, but he also had three years where he was just unavailable. Yes, they were freak accidents, but, you know, on the back of the baseball card, it, you know, he was unavailable pretty much for three seasons. We got Teoscar Hernandez now who, you know, if you put their good years up against each other, they're similar. But the thing is, the difference is, you know, Hernandez is available and Hanniger isn't. Uh, I don't think Hanniger is a, a left fielder um, for the Mariners. Uh, I just I just think that wouldn't have been a good-looking outfield. That wouldn't have been a very good defense, uh, you know, outside of Julio. Um but uh, which is what we what we play to. That's our strength. Um, would I liked him to come back and you know be a part time DH, part time uh, outfielder? Sure, you know. Um, but I am happy that he's getting his money. Um, I'm happy he's in San Francisco. I do feel bad that he did sign. You know, the day of when the Giants thought they were gonna get. Uh, judge and they didn't and they got Hanniger so I feel like maybe some fans are a little bit bitter towards a, oh we got Hanniger who gives a fuck right I could see that kind of being a little bit tough like this is the guy we got instead of judge but also San Francisco is, was ready to spend some money so I wouldn't be surprised if they landed Correa um, you know you get Correa and you get Hanniger in the lineup together that that's going to be uh, you know some former AL West guys uh, in the NL West doing some damage. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. 
Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Like we were mentioning earlier, uh, it it is not over. It is now, you know, the post-winter uh, meetings down in San Diego, but the business is still not over. The rumors are going to get even heavier, especially in the trades, especially in the free agents that are left. Um, there's still a lot of suitors out there, but if we were talking trades, obviously there's one trade that just keeps coming up and that is the Brian Reynolds trade, um, outfielder on the Pittsburgh Pirates who I think makes about six and a half million, three years of club control is, uh, I think arbitration eligible with the way the market is right now. That is a hot piece to have. Because that's not a lot of money. That's not what these other outfielders are making and signing for. Um, so I'm guessing this is going to be a king's ransom for this guy. Yeah, I just heard yesterday uh, someone wrote that it came out that the uh, Pirates are looking to get a king's ransom in the aspect of near what the Soto trade was. Um as far as compensation and return. So what would you think they would want from the Mariners? What, Not what we would be okay giving up. So this is a two-part question. What do you think Pittsburgh would be going after? Uh, a lot, you know. I mean, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know if we have enough. I mean, you've heard names of Kellnick, Brash, um, some of our minor leaguers. It would probably take either a Kirby or a Logan as well. And we're not um, dealing with And we're not going to exactly. deal with those two guys or Julio or Cal Raleigh. I think those are your on-the-club-now guys that aren't going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, to me, if this deal gets done, I feel like the only way it possibly could get done is if maybe we had some sort of three-team trade to make it happen, possibly. I know that there was a three-team trade today uh, that happened for the uh, very good catcher from Oakland going to uh, Atlanta, and Milwaukee was a part of that. So that's probably the possibility. I think maybe something like this that could happen. But, I mean, Pittsburgh holds all the cards here. You know, like you said, a great contract, great player, young player who wants out. But also a new regime in Pittsburgh. Um, their two top guys that run the organization now are from Toronto. I've heard Toronto could possibly be also interested in it. So they know a lot about Toronto players if they should decide to trade with them. So there's a lot going on here that I've read about. But like I said, as far as a team-for-team uh, team trade, I just don't know if we have enough or would want to give up all that stuff. I feel like it would 
really deplete our farm system, even though we got some good players. Maybe we still can do it. But it just seems like it would take some guys that are major league ready to make this deal happen. That's why I would just assume that maybe a three-team trade might be more workable in this situation. Interesting. Well, what I do want to say is, yes, you are right. Even though Brian Reynolds requested a trade from the Pirates, the team has given no indication of the plans uh, to shop. And in fact, general manager uh, Ben Sherrington called uh, Reynolds request disappointing. I did see him on MLB being like, well, you know, it, it, he just, when they were pushing him on it, it's like, well, we're going to have a talk, right? Uh, this guy's why I feel like he's pretty attractive is he hits from both sides of the plate, right? He plays uh center field, but He'd be a plus corner outfielder if he had to move to left field or right field. Um, and, you know, he's, you know, 6'3", 205, a little, little uh, you know, a little stringy for that height. But, you know, he's got some speed, you know, steal you a few bags, hit 262 last year, 27 home runs. So, I mean, y- you put him in our lineup, it's a big, impactful uh move that I feel like personally if a Kelnick, a Brash, or maybe even a Hancock, you know, I, I would pull the trigger on it because I think the Mariners and I, I really, really believe we need an impact bat that can play defense, that can move around the bases. I f- would I want to lose Brash? No. Would I want to lose Hancock? Mm, I don't know. Would I want to lose Kelnick? I don't know, but I know that we wouldn't be waiting on this guy to be impactful. If he wasn't impactful and it turned into like a, a winker thing, you know, where we thought we were going to get impact, yeah, it would be very disappointing. But the the plus side is we'd have this guy for three years. So as far as Jerry's talking about this 2026, we don't want a bunch of money. Well, he'd be off the books by 2026. So that's why I think it's a a good move. Yes. Would it deplete, you know, some of these other prospects? Sure. But you know, four to four to five of our big prospects are already here, already major league ready. You know, the four that we're not going to trade are going to be a big uh, impact on the season this year, next year, and the years to come. So I feel like you could probably rebuild your uh, farm system by the time this guy would be gone. Oh, absolutely. You make great points. You know, the Mariners have been hot on this guy for a long time. They've talked about him or been rumor milled, have been wanting to inquire about him. Yeah, he's exactly what the Mariners need as far as an outfielder right now. No doubt. He would be a plus outfielder. He would improve this team. He would lengthen the lineup. All those adjectives that everybody talks about and the Mariners talk about, he would be that guy. Um and like you said, nobody would really care if he was the guy to push us over the top and get us farther in the playoffs and make the World Series. No one would even care about all these prospects. You know, it's all about getting better. Sure, it would hurt and sting at the beginning. But if he produces and he's that missing piece, it does not matter. No, and it's very strange. That I was looking at Pittsburgh's lineup. I think we talked about it when Santana – signed over there there's a there's a mix of young and old i know that they're rebuilding there but if they you know we're trading brian reynolds over to us we're definitely not going to be trading him 
Marco. We're definitely not going to be trading Flexen, right? Uh, these are the the big rumored guys outside of Winker. Winker's gone, right? Um, right now, it, let's just hypothetically say the Mariners do not move Marco or Flexen. Uh, would you be disappointed or would you be like, hey, we have this depth that we can use if one of our pitchers, God forbid, knock on wood, gets injured. Last year, that never happened, but that usually does happen. We've seen a lot of pitchers miss, um, you know, a month here or there and or just not get it all together. What's your feeling on the Marco and uh, Chris Flexen um, being here still? What's your, what's your opinion on that or feelings? I think it's still pretty early. And I say that because free agency is still going on. Um, teams are trying to sign players. So that pool of players is getting whittled down and they'll see what their clubs are, what they or what clubs are able to get or not get. And I really feel that Chris Flexen will be kind of one of that late later pieces, maybe the Marco as well throughout this winter that teams will call on and want to make some sort of move. I think it's a, a good trade ship for the Mariners to have. Yeah. Does it make sense maybe to keep uh, them around? You got to keep at least one right now, you know, for that fifth starter, um, either Marco or Flexen. But, you know, we do have Hancock coming along. Who knows if he'll be ready this spring. Um, But, and, and we're talking, I, and we're talking. Brash is as a starter and wants to be a starter. Whether that's, you know, Jerry talking him up like he talked up Winker, being you know this. Oh, he's in our lineup. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be back. Uh, oh, Brash, Brash is a starter because the value, trade values, we don't know. Yeah, I mean that this from the Mariners, I feel is a nice trade ship or a nice problem to have right now. They're they're. This is a positive thing for the Mariners. I'll say that. Hey, have you ever read The Merchant of Venice? By Shakespeare? Yeah, check this out. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. That's pretty. Ow! The hidden Shakespeare trick. The Seattle Mariners. Ain't baseball great? Works every time. Well, you know, we've we've talked about the guys that we didn't get, that we the big marquee guys, the guys that we're going to go into the Mariners team shop and Stitch God would be uh, stitching their jerseys up and we're, you know, people are lining up for these, uh, you know, road blue jerseys or the uh, the City Connect jerseys. These marquee guys, yeah, we, we didn't grab one of those guys, but we still got Julio. We still got our young pitching staff. We still got big dumper. I think like the guys that really make the biggest difference in the teams when it comes down to it are you know those those uh those those good 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 players that kind of go under the radar, right? Yeah, absolutely. Those sneaky pickups, you know, that win you games that you don't plan on winning that do certain things that aren't you know. The difference makers. Yeah, they're difference makers. The exactly. Difference makers. Let's, call, let's call them difference makers. Carlos Santana, difference maker, right? You know, like guys yeah. guys like that. He certainly was for us, exactly. So, 
I'll just start this off. There's a couple of different makers out there that I, you know, would be interested in. Yes, we heard about J.D. Martinez taking a picture of the, uh, you know, the clock, the marquee of the Pike Place Market. Uh, turns out he was in town for possibly, uh, what is it, a golf thing? I have no idea. If I was going to make something up, I would have said he's probably on his way on an Alaskan cruise or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there was somebody that said there's some, I don't know what it's called, top flight golf or something that people learned that come to Seattle for. And I was like, why would people come to Seattle, though, to golf in the the middle of the winter? Um, I I don't know why he was here, but, yeah, it it definitely got everybody going. Um, Yeah, J.D. Martinez would be okay, but I think we're more in the market for a left-handed bat. I could see you grabbing a right-handed bat if you were committing to, you know, getting having Kelnick in the lineup more often and maybe not against lefties to try to bring him along a little bit more. But for me, I feel like one of the top guys that I would like to get is uh, Michael Brantley. Yeah, he would be he would be a nice piece to add. Um, there's like a combination of four guys, you know, that you could mix, mix and match. Uh, like you said, J.D. Martinez, Michael Bradley in the outfield, maybe Conforto. And uh, there's one more guy I know you'll talk about. But, yeah, it just kind of depends on if we could sign two of these guys maybe or something. It depends on which one to then decide on the other three or other two. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and by these difference makers, you're not signing the five years you know, three max years, right? We're talking two years, probably one year, you know. Uh, Another guy that I think is under the radar that you could still put out in the field, could be a good leader. Uh, Another one is Andrew McCutcheon, you know, right? Right Right-handed hitter, could play left field, could take some, uh, you know, stress off of uh, Kelnick if we're keeping Kelnick in there. Uh, What do you think about him? Hey, I never thought about him, but... uh... He's one of those players that, you know, might not sound great at first or you feel he's washed up or something, but he can definitely help. I would welcome him to the Mariners for sure. Yeah, and I, we've talked about Conforto. Uh, Andrew Benatendi is still out there. That's another guy that we could sign, but I'm sure that he's looking for, you know, the five and more. Uh, he's in the five or more crowd. Yeah, and probably wants. You know, that $100 million plus contract, yeah. Yeah, uh, I I feel like Michael Brantley would be a good guy to get. And, you know, I, where I also want to segue into the, this is, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of said, hey, we want this rotational outfield DH, right? So Brantley would fall into that, right? Yeah, he would fall into that. Him and Conforto, I would say. Um, probably Conforto a little more or probably Brantley a little more since he wouldn't play the outfield as much. I would consider Conforto more of a guy you could put in the outfield a little more than Brantley. Oh, way more than Brantley. Yeah, and you know, and then the DH thing like you said, if we were just considering a DH thing, I know you brought up J.D. Martinez. I would put J.D. Martinez and Brantley in the category you know, a little bit more that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they all, it just, it hopefully pull these guys and then make it work out. You know, I wouldn't see pretty much a, 
uh, Brantley and uh, J.D. Martinez signed. You know, you would choose one out of those guys, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, and look, look, both McCutcheon and Brantley are 36 years old. Brantley's war is 3.4 if you're into war. Andrew McCutcheon is 1.8. Uh, there's another guy, Matt Carpenter, but he's left-handed, right? I don't, I feel like if you were going to grab somebody and do that thing with and trying to bring along, you know, a Kelnick, uh, you're probably going to get a right-hander. Um, so that's something to think about. And like we were saying, the outfield position seems like that's where the ideal situation is for Scott and jerry and the rest of the mariners organization they want to have this rotational dh fine fine i'm okay with the rotational dh okay that 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 sounds good everybody needs to get off their legs someday but we still need the bat in the lineup but just a little hypothetical food for thought what if we did it with a different position as the heavy rotational to dh why does it have to be the outfield why does it have to be the outfield? Why couldn't it be at catcher? Why couldn't it be first base again? Like we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, you know, Bell, Josh Bell coming here and uh, Ty France and him kind of sharing first base and DH a bit kind of worked with Santana and him. So sure why, did. why couldn't that be a thing? Uh, you want to get crazy? You know what catcher was available that's got some boom that also can play behind the plate? Is an everyday player and going to get paid like an everyday player and should be an everyday player. Former Mariner, let me get crazy. Let me get nuts. All right, Mike Zanino, hear me out. Hear me out. You could have him and you could have Raleigh in the lineup. That is some boom. You also can share... The catching duty. Yes, we have Tom Murphy. We've got his bat sitting right over here. I'm looking at. Brought it up on the trip. But what? Just, just, just hear me out. What if we had a Zanino, big dumper kind of like share? You keep, you keep dumper a little bit uh, fresh. You don't need to sign a Zanino to a big long contract. Maybe get a, a big one or two year deal. Uh, Zanino obviously can handle his pitchers behind the plate. He's a great defensive catcher. Just, just hypothetically, could that work? Yes, it could work. The only thing I think it could, I just can't see it working with the M's having three catchers. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, because of Tom Murphy and I don't know what his value is to anybody. And if it even makes sense. And that's that's my only pushback there. And, I mean, Zanino, I mean, you're always complaining to me about batting average. I mean, the last time I looked, it wasn't great. But he can hit the ball to the ballpark. So, I, I got what you're saying there. And he can catch. But, to me, it's the whole three catchers right now. Yeah, I know. But if there was going to be another spot besides outfield, and okay, we're obviously not doing the first baseman thing right now. It doesn't look like it. Uh, and you're saying no to this catcher. How about the utility position being better and part of the DH plan? Because right now we got Colt Wong at second base. You know, the, And the answer is, hey, he's going to be somewhat of a platoon with Dylan Moore. Dylan Moore, who 
in the last couple seasons. A little bit disappointing at the plate. I know he kind of you know finished up strong here last year, but he did have an oblique injury. He did have an oblique uh, surgery, and he's uh, all accounts going to be ready to go by opening day. But you know, with oblique uh, stuff, you you never know when that's going to flare up or how that's going to affect somebody. Ask Teoscar Hernandez. Um, so with that being said. I feel like people don't like the sound of that being the platoon there. But what if you added somebody like, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, Brandon Jury? You know? Hey, I, 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 want, I would have liked us to pick him up at the deadline. I think he's a guy that should be on this team. I think he definitely improves this team, like you said, as a utility guy. Yeah, he plays all over the infield. Uh, his from what I've read, his most comfortable and natural infield position is third. Uh, you know, Suarez got practically no days off last year other than when he was hurt. Uh, he could sub in for him, rotate Gino into the DH. Um, I like it a lot. He can play first base. He can move out uh, Ty France here and there. He could be a pinch, hitter, pinch hitting right and bat off the bench if he doesn't start or play DH. He's, he, he's a He's a guy that I would like to see on this Mariner team a lot. Yeah, he was talked about quite a bit last year because I, I believe he was on the Reds, right? And he also played on the Blue Jays, but it was going to be one of these situations where we got another guy from Cincinnati. But yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's a two sixty three career hitter, which which is great. You know, two point six WAR. The guy plays a lot, doesn't get hurt. Um, silver Slugger. Um, only 30 years old, uh, you know, born in Grants Pass, which I just drove through last week. He also is a right-handed bat. So, I mean, you get a combination of him and Wong and being able to, you know, get one of these guys through the DH spot, Suarez, just like you said, and have him go play these other positions. I think that would probably, not so much just a hypothetical food for thought uh, talk, I think that is something that the Mariners should pursue. Because I feel like, hey, it's great having these utility guys, right? And we had, uh, you know, Demo, and we had uh, Toro, and even even Haggerty. You know, Haggerty kind of gets, has kind of gotten lost in the conversation a little bit. But that's great. But I also feel like you can upgrade at that position. You don't need to just be like, hey, we throw in a guy who, you know, can play every position and whatever we get out of them on offense is a plus. It's like, no, why don't we get somebody that can hit, that can impact the lineup also and give people days off? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and what I like about him is, I mean, he had a career last year, obviously, but then getting traded away at the deadline and going down to San Diego in a pennant race and then in the playoffs, he did not stumble down there. He played real well, hit some big home runs in the playoffs. I mean, so that shows me that he can go to other places that, you know, it wasn't such a fluke. He was playing in that small ballpark in uh, Cincinnati. He's a right-handed hitter. It's like he, you know, he's finally figured it out, you know? So, I mean, he'd be a great upgrade. I mean, even if we were to get him and let's say just a solid DH and JD Martinez, I'd be happy with that. Or if we were able even to add like a Conforto or a McCutcheon or uh, a Brantley, you know, if we were able to get that utility guy, a DH and an outfielder, I feel that's improving our club and that excites me as a Mariner fan. Keywords improve, 
upgrade. Jerry? And remember, you can't score any runs unless you get some hits. All right, now let's get a hitter up there. You kid, what's your name? Ruth, sir. Ruth, Ruth, what? George Herman Ruth, sir. But my friends call me Babe. Babe. Another Babe Ruth. Well, step up to the plate, Babe, and maybe swat out a few. Hey, Turk, chuck a few into the next Babe Ruth. When you've got a well-known name, people expect a lot. We've got a beer named after the city that means beer, Old Milwaukee. It's a tough name to live up to, but Old Milwaukee is one of the fastest growing major beers in the country. Tell me, babe, you don't happen to know any kids named Garrick, do you? Old Milwaukee beer tastes as great as its name. Before we get out of here, I'd be remiss if we did not mention the, uh, the loss of... One Gaylord Jackson Perry. That's right. Gaylord Perry, the guy, if you're a Mariners fan and been one from a long time ago, they don't show it as much now. But when we were growing up and there wasn't a lot of uh, prior history, it's not like we're the Yankees or, or the White Sox or the Red Sox or anything like that. We, we have these moments. We have Lenny Randall blowing the baseball. And the other one that we had prior to the Mariners getting good was uh, Gaylord Perry in his 300th uh, win, right? Yeah, I mean, before the year 95, I mean, Gaylord Perry was one of the big-name Mariners that did something big, that did something big in baseball by winning that 300th game as a Mariner. Yeah, in 1982. So the Mariners were, you know, what, five years old? Uh, you know, he played for a lot of teams, uh, <laughs> a lot of teams. And of course he was known as the, you know, the spitball guy. Um, you know, he was the first pitcher to ever win the Cy Young in both leagues. Um, you know, he, he's very known for, uh, you know, doctoring up the ball. I think the, the player, uh, Harris in, uh, the movie major league was based off of him. Um, I actually had the opportunity of getting an autograph at a, at a meet and greet signing a situation. I think it was down at the Tacoma mall and my grandfather and my grandmother took me down there. I had no idea why I had to go meet him. They showed me the clip, which you couldn't just pull up on an iPhone or anything like that. We had, it was like, a. it took me a while to realize who I was, who I was meeting Got the autograph, got a picture. I think I'm wearing a Winston Eagle or Winston cigarette shirt in the picture. I'll have to ask my, grand, <laughs> my grand, grandma to pull it out. But I did get this 8x10 of him in a Mariner's uh, uniform, and it was autographed, and I had it in this wooden frame, and it was in my bedroom as I was growing up. Never saw the guy. Never was a big fan. I didn't know about all of the spitballs and the um, doctoring of the baseball and all of the teams. I would... I, I would kind of identify with this guy from the old timers games and the favorite, my favorite thing about the old timers games is he would always wear the Jersey with all the teams that he played on. Right. And they would do where they would, he would doctor up the ball. Then the umpire would come out and check it out. It was kind of very like Harlem Globetrotters. The, but we are going to do a deep dive episode on Gaylord Perry. He's earned it. I think he's earned it. We're going to do that here. Um, Right here in the winter, you know, in the winter program. I think that'd be a fun episode to do, don't you? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's part of Mariner history. I mean, big history. It's the first 300-game winner, you know, for the Mariners. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this guy played for the Giants, Cleveland, Texas Rangers, the Padres, uh, the Rangers again, the New York Yankees, the Braves, the Mariners, the Kansas City Royals. Uh, I mean, five-time All-Star, two-time Cy Young, like in both leagues, three-time uh, win leader, uh, pitch no-hitter in 68. Uh, San Francisco uh, retired his number, so I guess he would be uh, – a giant, you know, he's, he played there for uh, nine years. That's where most of his career was at, but I think it'd be a fun episode. I should f- try to find that picture. We should actually ask grandma Norma, uh, cause that's the grandma that took me down there, uh, about that. I, I know it meant more to them than it meant more to me at the time. Oh, absolutely. You're a young buck. Uh, probably felt like forever to get all the way down to Tacoma to see, uh, see Gaylord and get his autograph to drive down there. Yeah, and just, yes, let's definitely do an episode on that. And uh, just so you know, the San Francisco Giants did sign him on June 3rd, 1958, for $90,000 per year. But yeah, Judge makes more than in a day than he makes than he made in his career or that year of his career. Yeah, and when, you know, he was in the uh, San Francisco organization, he played for the Tacoma Giants in 1961. So. Yeah, that'll, there's a lot to talk about with him. You're right. I mean, played in a lot of teams, a lot of controversy. Um, but, yeah, a big accolade for the Mariners of him getting his 300th career victory while playing for them. Now here's Lenny Randall. When the Mariners beat the Red Sox, hitting baseballs Woo! out of sight. Uh, this is the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast that you are listening to on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast apple spotify again we'll be back every tuesday through this off season i swear we are i swear we are it's it's a new year's resolution i'm making it right now we're gonna have them out every tuesday morning but also with those bonus ones if you like follow subscribe you don't have any worry uh, about when the new shit's coming out okay you don't you don't have to call somebody you don't gotta you don't gotta wake up in the middle of the night and be like did i miss, did I miss something did i miss some bonus shit no you, you'll get it and also uh, if you go on apple give us a review come on give us a review tell us uh, what you like uh what you don't like actually if you don't like something just keep that to yourself also uh don't forget to rate uh we like five tool baseball players but you know what hannah we like five-star reviews much better don't we absolutely well we'll be back soon we're happy to be back i'm happy to be up here in seattle here for the next uh for the rest of the year i'll be here for the rest of the year uh with that being said hannah you know what fucking time it is Charge. That credit card, Jerry. Sign some players. Come on, let's go.